Welcome to the Procure Strategy Podcast. Here, we talk about practical strategies and tips that lead to creating stronger supply chains and driving results. Here is your host, Louis Bastone. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Louis Bastone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Procure Strategy Podcast, where we will be talking about Apple Inc.'s Sapphire display supplier that never was. So back around 2013, 2014, Apple insinuated that it wanted to go to Sapphire display technology on their screens, which would make their screens much more durable, very scratch resistant, very crack resistant it would be huge it would it really would i believe change the whole entire industry a little bit because i do think that things like screen protectors would not be as significant at all if smartphones had sapphire displays so it was pretty exciting news to hear back then uh, you know at this point about 10 years ago and What's interesting is that we still have never seen a smartphone that has a Sapphire display on it. Not any smartphone. That includes all iPhones. So we're up to the iPhone 14. We expected this on the iPhone 6. So what went wrong? What happened? Well, it turns out it has a lot to do with procurement. So back then, the Apple procurement team evaluated several potential suppliers based on their technical capabilities, quality standards, and production capacity. Apple ultimately chose to partner with GT Advanced Technologies, which was a leading Sapphire supplier. The procurement team negotiated a long-term supply agreement with GT Technologies, which included commitments to increase production capacity over time. And it's interesting because since then, if you look up any articles relating to this, you'll probably see that there's been lawsuits against GT Advanced Technologies as well as Apple. And both companies have had to pay out multiple millions of dollars. And the cases revolve around deceiving investors when this deal was made. So interestingly enough, there were a few things to consider when Apple was starting this relationship, so this was um, it was an important and emerging new technology. It was one that would get give Apple a very large competitive advantage if they were able to secure the Sapphire displays. And what Apple agreed to do is invest over five hundred million dollars in a facility in Mesa, Arizona, for GT Technologies to develop this right in that factory and this type of purchase over half a billion dollars in investment and for a supplier that is unique to an emerging new technology it really puts gt advanced technologies in the strategic category of the kraljic matrix which in a later episode we'll talk about the kraljic matrix and what exactly that means but essentially it would mean that these suppliers need a great deal of attention, information sharing, and joint collaboration. The second issue is that GT was also a little bit of, I mean, they they were a high-risk supplier. They were a high-risk supplier because their primary business 
of making equipment for solar cells had fallen very rapidly. So their revenue was down 66% from the two years prior. So in 2013, they were down 66% revenue from what they had in 2011. So that did also make them a risky supplier. So in terms of procurement strategy, it looked like everybody was in a good place. Once it got publicly announced that this long-term agreement got signed, GT stock price took off. Um, GT technology stock price went way up. And Apple would lend them over half a billion dollars to create these Sapphire displays and the technology for them in this operating factory in Mesa, Arizona. And shortly after that, the first Sapphire, the first Sapphire bull, which was a, it's a large chunk of Sapphire glass that they would then cut and, and retrofit to the iPhone display size perfectly. Um, after the first run came out, they were badly cracked and they were deemed unusable. It became clear that there were manufacturing problems and it was more than just one single batch. At this stage, there really should have been um, more foresight by Apple. Based on everything that I've read, it really seems like they weren't engaged enough um, with this supplier after learning that there were some very, very big issues. When you're dealing with a supplier that you're investing so much time and money into, you want to make sure that the end result is actually going to happen. You know, what is the desired end result and and how are we going to get that with this supplier? At this stage, you would have thought that Apple would have been having daily on-site meetings so that Apple could help the supplier work on their technical issues together and identify sources and root causes of the problem. Instead, GT just continued to flounder, hiring over 700 people for jobs that didn't even exist as capacity was not up and running yet. They struggled with quality, production timing, and failed to meet deadlines. Rather than having regular communications, Apple failed to conduct due diligence and project planning. GT, fearing that Apple would leave them stranded, continued to try to work through these problems on their own and experienced a lot of continued difficulty, but also trying to give Apple a good feeling that these problems were going to get solved as quickly as they could possibly solve them. At this point, it sounds like a case of understanding the importance of managing supplier relationships through careful performance measurement, human interaction, joint problem solving, and project management. It also does demonstrate the critical nature of joint technology development, especially when you're trying to work with a supplier to have a competitive advantage. Apple was essentially funding this project, but they weren't providing any of the human capital or the knowledge required to make the technology viable. GT was afraid to ask for help and preferred to clam up and continue to work on their own. In the end, both parties suffered due to this, and it ended up being an absolute failure. And the Wall Street Journal did interview 
Apple suppliers. And the two key lessons that came out of it was GT is a reminder of two lessons that these long-term Apple suppliers learned a long time ago, which is don't rely too heavily on Apple and don't make promises that you can't keep. And these were two things that it appears that GT did. So there was also a, another Apple supplier that did say during an interview that Apple always asked suppliers to expand their manufacturing facility to meet the rush demand for its new products. But they have to make... They have to make their own judgment as the big orders only last for a few months. So this supplier in particular said that Apple might ask them to increase 100 production lines, but they would only add 50 to 60 gradually because they have the experience and they understand that that ramp up is only going to be for so long. And then what are they going to do with all those extra resources um, that they implemented? So Apple has, you know, built up an army of supply chain managers over the past few years um, to squeeze cost. And people have said this in many different interviews. And many of these that were hired directly from suppliers, so they know exactly where the supplier costs are. Apple's contract manufacturers have seen their profit margin shrink because Apple can flex its muscle on component pricing. And Apple has also tightened its oversight on factory conditions, which means that those costs are getting higher for suppliers that have to comply with the measures. So Apple, of course, has one of the best supply chains on earth. And we know that. I think everybody knows that. Anybody who's in this field knows that Apple has a great supply chain, but this old school way of doing things where a just throwing money at at something, just throwing an investment at something does not mean that it's going to be successful. You need to add human capital into it. You need to partner with your suppliers. You need to work to give your suppliers the competitive advantage in what they're doing so that you can be successful with that supplier. So, you know, there's a good amount of lessons that can be taken from this. I mean, I think a big one is communication is key on both sides. So it appears as if Apple was not investing the human capital, but it also appears as that GT wasn't exactly proactive in being honest because they were concerned that Apple would end their agreement early. And maybe if there was some transparency up front, these two suppliers could have worked together to make this happen. But it becomes detrimental when a supplier is not being transparent with you and you're also not taking the time and effort that it would need to invest into that supplier to help them be successful. So it really is a recipe for disaster in general. And it's also important through the RFX process that you're really vetting your supplier's capabilities the best that you can. Sometimes just taking a supplier's word for it um, is a little bit tough depending on what category we're talking about. And in this situation, that is one of those categories. So You know, it really comes down to the fact that you need to not only throw money at a supplier, you have to really strategically work with suppliers these days. I always say it, 
and I'll keep saying it, that it is not the battle of the businesses, it's the battle of the supply chains. So we need to look at our suppliers as an extension of our organizations and our organization's success. And I think this is a key example of that because look at everything that Apple lost in this situation. Look at everything that both parties lost. Essentially, Apple lost the technology that they would have been able to have to have a competitive advantage back in 2014. They lost an initial investment that they made. They lost the time and the resources that it took to initially get this supplier into their supplier ecosystem. They just ended up losing so much. And in this day and age, Apple is a supplier that, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Apple is a company that has the ability to, to lose a lot and still be okay, but we're not all there. Not every single organization is there. So we need to make sure that when we're working with a supplier, we choose the best supplier. We work on not only having the supplier performance management, but also the supplier development aspect, which is very, very important. So I hope that this case study brought you some a relevant understanding of how important it is to not only onboard the supplier that you think is the correct one, but to work with that supplier diligently to assure that you're going to get the performance results that you strived for and that your organization strive for when bringing the supplier on. As of right now, still no Sapphire displays, but maybe one day we'll get them. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and I'll talk to you next time.